NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni podcast with Junior and Pat. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Road to Muni podcast. Pat, uh, you know, jumping right into again, uh, you know, I, I know we can say this every week. I, people maybe get get uh, tired of us even saying it, but uh, man, what a week we we just we just wind wound up uh, having here. Uh, it was highlighted with with two top five showdowns. Arizona Christian, uh, who, who uh, controlled most of the game against College of Idaho, and then um, you know, and then uh, College of Idaho made a made a last five minutes of, of that game. They they uh, closed a fifteen point lead down and had a shot to win it. So that was a great game. Uh, Arizona Christian winning that one, and then. You know, and then on Saturday, turned around and, and ended up having our, our second top five matchup. And uh, uh, Thomas Moore, to Lucky Arena. And, um, you know, Lucky Arena is one of those places that you know as well as anybody, Pat. It's, it's a tough place to, to go and win at. And and uh, they were able to not just go win, but uh, one point away. Yeah, yeah. And I had it in my notes here that Thomas Moore has probably not been talked about enough on this podcast. Where they've kind of, oddly enough, flown under the radar when it comes to this podcast and, and they certainly put themselves on the radar uh, this weekend. Yeah. Lucky arena. That's no easy feat. Um, and credit to them just going in and, and laying it on Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. And, and you know, Thomas Moore, it's, it's tough because, and, and this is something that I was going to address anyway, but uh, you know, that was our first game of the, of the season. And um, you know, we're still, we got 11 teams right now that have not played a single game. Um, and then as you look across, other leagues, we, we have uh, the Appalachian Athletic Conference and the, and the Chicagoland that are, are both have already played conference games. And then uh, this week, the WAC gets involved as well. So, uh, you know, it's just always a weird time in the NEI because you're, especially with the later start and the fewer games, um, it, it's, it always makes for an interesting schedule um, just all around, you know, across the board, across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it last week too, where the um, 28 game you know, schedule the, the reduction in games, kind of put some people up in arms. But we have seen just some outstanding non, non-conference matchups here early in the season um, and some surprising ones, right, where they, you know, don't tell us th- the story so early in the season. But these are potential postseason matchups, right, where you might be able to see things play out down the stretch. And, and this is a matchup maybe we see Wesley and Thomas Moore play again in, in March or whatever it might be, just really kind of showcasing – outside of the league you know we have some some leagues in the NAI that have three four really really good teams but seeing them step outside of their league and play a top 10 game really is kind of exciting well and I, and I want to step back and, and talk about tons more here in a little bit too but uh, just going off it's gonna be interesting something maybe we look back on um you know at the end of the year with the way the schedule's playing out you know are these teams that are playing a bunch of early games, you know, and then having, you know, we, we have some teams that are are having long breaks in between games because they played, you know, opening weekend. Now they don't play for, you know, 10, 15 days or whatever it is, you know, or is that more beneficial than, you know, say these teams that are playing later, they're, they're pushing their start game, their first game of the year back, you know, until the second weekend or, or some of them are even to the right. third week. Um, those, those are certainly things to look into to, as we move forward. To, right. Yeah. And my gut just tells me like, the nature of the NAI, you have a little bit more roster turnover year in and year out. And the more games you can kind of front load at the start of the season, the more kinks you can work out in the first three, four weeks of the season, the better off it'll be. And then maybe you have a lull 
around Christmas break or, a, a, you know, kind of a week off in January of games or whatever it might be, that seems to me would be way more beneficial than starting a little bit later. Just my two cents, you know, it just seems yeah. like if you have young guys or new faces and they still, you know, you don't play a ton of exhibitions or whatever it might be, it's just way easier to kind of get into a rhythm and get off to a better start as you head into league play if you play more games earlier as opposed to kind of jamming a few over Christmas break. Yeah, no doubt. We'll have to, well, it'll be interesting to kind of watch that. Maybe something we'll have to note to, to maybe talk about towards the end of the, the uh, year, you know, as we head into the, the tar- tournament talk uh, uh, episodes of, of the Road to Muni. But, uh, yeah, circling back to, to uh, Thomas Moore, usually the team that wins the, the uh, Mid-South is always, you know, a team that, that makes a deep run in Kansas City. And, and usually there's two or three teams. But last year, uh, you know, two or two years ago, it was Shawnee State that went all the way and won a national title. And then, you know, last year, Thomas Moore, I thought, was the cream of the crop in the Mid-South. And while I didn't know that, you know, I maybe thought that, the league wasn't as deep last year. I thought the top of the teams in the Mid-South last year were very, very good. And I made a comment last or on, on social media, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year that that uh, a healthy Reed Jolly uh, in, in the in the national tournament, which he got hurt um, in, in the, I believe it was Oklahoma Wesleyan game um, in the quarterfinals, you know, a healthy Reed Jolly may have, have changed. Loyola was very, very good. So I, I want to say this with, with a, a hesitant, you know, a hesitant. <laughs> Loyola was a, the heavy favorites to win the Nash title. I don't know that it would have changed the outcome of who won the Nash title, but certainly a Reed Jolly, a healthy Reed Jolly um, there in the, in the, in the Fab Four, uh, they may have been able to go knock off uh, Taldega and then go and, um, you know, at least compete against Loyola and, and see what happens. Uh, um, and we saw how good Reed Jolly was, was uh, this past weekend uh, as they uh, went off for 27-9, I believe, uh, against Indiana Wesleyan. And, and uh, again, I want to I want to make sure that I, I'm clear with this. That I do not know that if Thomas Moore could have beat Loyola, but a healthy, I would have loved to have seen a healthy Reed Jolly and what a Thomas Moore team with him um, could have done in, in, in the national title game. Well, yeah, and I think it just this is this is a, this win against Indiana Wesleyan, you know, kind of really cements yourself, right? You go on the road to play Indiana Wesleyan, and you get down early. Right, and you learn a lot about your team when you get down early on the road in an early season big matchup, and they claw all the way back, and they limit themselves to just seven turnovers, which I think, you know, early in the season you're maybe prone to have a few more turnovers, but if you can take care of the ball on the road in an environment like that and not let the game snowball, that is just you know it changes everything, right? And now I think this Thomas Moore team. This is one of those that just kind of you're ready to roll now, right, where it's on. This is a confidence boost. This is a, a win you carry with you for a long, long time here down the road and as you head into conference play. Just an exciting win and excited to see how this propels them. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of, of Jacob Jones, too. I saw him in the national uh, tournament down in Kansas City last year. And, um, you know, he's a transfer from, from Wisconsin Green Bay, but uh, – uh, played last year as, as a redshirt freshman, and now he's just a redshirt sophomore. And he's part of that that reason. You know, you talked about only having seven turnovers, but uh, you know, as good as Reed Jolly is uh, from a scoring point, they have they have scores all over, and and, and certainly Jacob Jones can be uh, you know something that can bring them some scoring power too. But you talk about the engine that makes makes the Thomas Moore uh, uh, yeah. go. He uh, man, they they are so so good because he just leads. You know, he's, he's pretty – he doesn't ever get sped up. Uh, 
you know, he plays within himself. He, he's so good at getting to the rim and attacking. Um, but really, he just does not ever falter. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to what I don't want to, I don't want to jinx him by any means, but uh, um, just a point guard. It, it's so fun to watch. And, and I think that, you know, um, as, as we talk about Thomas Moore and, and being a national title contender, um, obviously number two in the country, uh, they're in that conversation. But, uh, you know, as good as Reed Jolly is, I, I think Jacob Jones could be the one that uh, uh, maybe is the one that, that uh, will solidify that. If, if they're going to win a national title, he'll continue to uh, play at the level he's been playing uh, all the way probably since uh, maybe the last month of last season. Um, they're certainly going to have a, a legit chance to win a national title this year. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be their last year in NEI as they uh, move to D2 next year. But uh, um, otherwise, a kid that uh, would be fun to watch over the next three years. You know, and, and just talking about the national title contenders, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty big week for, for number one ranked Arizona Christian. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the College of Idaho game, and, and uh, we can dive a little bit deeper into that. But, uh, um, you, you know, they looked every bit of – I don't know how much you got to watch this game or, or any of their games this week, but uh, uh, they certainly looked like a, a, a national title contender uh, this season or this weekend uh, when they knocked off uh, College of Idaho. Um, got up a little – I mean, it was pretty pretty highly contested early, but then they – they uh, pushed to the 10 and kind of coasted at that 10 mark uh, for a long uh, 10 point mark for a long time. And then uh, got up 15 with five minutes to go. And uh, college of Idaho came storming back. Uh, just, I mean, you got to shout out the Oats. I mean, just a team that is so, um, so well coached, so tough, uh, just never gives up. You know, it's, it reminds me of, of rounders uh, for those people that watch the movie rounders, you know, they were just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And, you know, eventually, uh, uh, gave himself a chance to win that game. Uh, uh, a kid that uh, will have a shot at, at being uh, in the conversation for the Cascade uh, Player of the Year, uh, Drew Wyman, just uh, couldn't make the, the three pointer to take the lead. Uh, I believe it was like uh, two seconds ago. Um, just a just a great ball game between two very very good teams. It's not just Arizona Christian that uh, is a national title contender. I, I think College of Idaho showed a little bit about uh, themselves as well, and and, and uh, how uh, even as a young team, uh, you know, they're a legit contender as well. Yeah, and we talked about Wyman a lot last year, right, as a freshman, and he's going to be one of those guys that tortures teams for, you know, the next three, four years, whatever it might be. And just this is the Final Four matchup, right? This had all the makings of it. It felt like it, a back-and-forth, high-intensity game. You know, teams go down, teams claw back, and just an exciting matchup. But I think you're right. Like, College of Idaho, they they are well-coached, so well-put. You can just tell how disciplined they are. They play really hard. Obviously, couldn't come through. But Arizona Christian, man, this team also. We talked to, to the coach earlier in the season, and I just think they're off and running as well. They're they're a team. I think they're they're full steam ahead, and excited to see how their season plays out. I think they are um, the way they can control games. You know, the way they stay under control is is something to you know a lot of teams would would love to have. If you look around, you start making check mark or check. Uh... Uh, marks for, uh, you know, tangibles to win a national title. I mean, both teams have great guard play. Both teams are well coached. Both teams are very good defensively. Uh, both teams can shoot it. Both teams can defend. <laughs> That's probably what made such a great game. And uh, certainly College of Idaho, uh, result aside, um, you know, that's a big learning environment for them as well. And, and going on the road and, and one of the toughest places to play. I, you know, I know some of the comments from some people online about, it being a small gym, I don't care about the small gym. It, it's a tough place to play. That place is as packed as I've ever seen it. And uh, going into that environment, um, 
you know, that'll prepare them as well for anything uh, heading into the Cascade uh, Collegiate Conference. And, and even and small gyms like that, when they get crowded, are the hardest places to play in. We obviously talked about the, the two uh, the two top uh, five matchups of the year. It's uh, crazy that in, in week two, we're already having two uh, top five matchups. But uh, a lot of fun, uh, both of those games were. Um, I, I think all four of those teams, uh, even Indiana Wesleyan, who lost at home, uh, they'll figure things out. Uh, uh, that's what they do. So, um, But uh, outside, of, outside of that, Pat, uh, I mean, we, we had some good games all across the board. And, and uh, ranked games, non-ranked games, I mean, just some – quality basketball being played all, all the way around. And one of those games that I actually tuned into uh, was Thursday night. Um, and it was the, the uh, KCAC Hart uh, or a classic, I think is what it was, or showdown or whatever they call those things. But uh, uh, number four, Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, went on the road to Mid-American Nazarene. And, uh, um, you know, Mid-American Nazarene, the uh, uh, legendary Rocky Lamar, uh, who who uh, retired last year and, um, you know, Adam Hepker is now the head coach there and, uh, they started off their season pretty well and then they turned around and, and they're very good at home too. But, uh, um, Oklahoma Wesleyan, they gave everything, they gave Oklahoma Wesleyan everything they had, uh, in that one and, uh, ended up losing 72, 70. Um, there's a player that, uh, excuse me, that we've talked about quite often, uh, the last couple of years and, and Anthony Brown at mid AM and, um, big time. I mean, he always seems to show up in big time games and, and this was no, no, uh, exception to that with 24 points and seven rebounds um just a kid that uh um you know unfortunately missed the game they the shot to tie the game up and put send the overtime and i can't even tell you how many game winners i've seen him have over the years uh but an all-american and he played like it um but speaking of all americans uh uh oklahoma wasn't has two of them uh jane lesky is, is one of the best big men in the country um you know they they did a good job Midam did a good job of double teaming him and he still i think out of his 14 points, I, I think he had six dunks in that game. So, um, you know, and they're powerful dunks. I don't if, if anybody wants to watch a powerful dunker, watch Jay Levski. Uh, man, he tell them they're playing in a classic, and that was the first day of it. They needed the rim and backboard for the next day, but uh, <laughs> luckily they didn't end up uh, in a breaking. But uh, um, yeah, one of the best bigs in the country, Jay Levski, and, and a kid that uh, from from them that they kind of people forget about a little bit um, is Caleb Stokes. And Caleb, two years ago. Uh, was their All-American, and, and Jaden Leske kind of came in and, and took over that role, but Caleb's still a really good player, and he came off the bench last year for them. They're not, they're not necessarily playing their five-in, five-out that they've been playing uh, the last couple of years, uh, but Caleb was actually their scorer off the bench last year. Um, now he's bro- broke it back into the into the starting five, and, uh, man, he they Midam had no answer for him in the second half. I mean, he went off for 24 points on 10 of 18 shooting, and uh, just another 6-7 in guy that uh just gets it done and and uh you know with those two and then uh you know they they can hurt you up and down the line that Oklahoma was yeah bird great. bird is another good player for them too right Brandon yeah, bird yeah he had a good game on Saturday when when everybody else gets stopped I think Derek Talton the junior their point guard uh you know in that in that uh, mid-end game he had six points and ten assists in that game and uh even seven rebounds so you know Florida with triple double in that one but uh um you know, he, Jane Ledsky's, uh six dunk or what was it? Uh, yeah, six dunks in that game uh, were a product of their Talton drive. So, um, Talton's so good at just driving and finding the open man, whether they're driving, kick out for three of their shooters or uh, finding Jaden, you know, depending on where the help's coming from. But, uh, yeah, very, very solid team. But I was very impressed also with mid Um I, th- I thought both of those looked like two tournament teams. And uh, Oklahoma wasn't. I think they've, uh, they're actually getting ready to play Evangel this week. But, uh, 
uh, three of the, the top teams in the heart this year. Uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan's got to have a chance to uh, to go three and zero against those three teams. So, I uh, just wanted to t- touch base on that game a little bit. I thought that was a, a one of the better games of the of the week. That uh, it had one ranked team, one non ranked team, but uh, uh, definitely a lot of fun. And then you know, I, I always love the overtime games, Pat. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, there was a couple overtime games that. Uh, nope. Hey, I hate overtime games. I think you hate overtime. Hates. Well, <laughs> as, as a as a former player, and I'm sure as a broadcast, maybe maybe you know, yeah. yeah. You know, Maybe yeah. <laughs> you don't love them, but uh, you know there was a, a double overtime game uh, this week with uh, Michigan Dearborn, and uh, Michigan Dearborn uh, hit a hit a uh, a buzzer beater in the in the second overtime, and uh, uh, we're going to share a lot of we've shared a lot of those videos, but it's just fun to watch the reactions of the kids and, and all that. Uh, but a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fun watching those guys play and, and and hitting the game winner there. And then uh, I know that uh, uh, earlier when we were coach, talking to Coach Delton Deal. Uh, you know, he brought up the uh, or the uh, Our Lady of the Lake and uh, Texas Wesleyan uh, game on Saturday that uh, ended up going four overtimes. And uh, you know, I I actually had missed that it. it went to four overtimes. And then I was just I was score watching. Uh, you know, we do our best to watch every game. I think that's what separates us. Is, uh, some people, uh, you know, are, are very good at reading stats and and uh, and showing stats, but uh, we actually watch a lot of games. Well. That game I didn't get to watch, and, and I'm telling you right now, I was worn out just from watching the or just uh, looking at the stat, the box scores. So, um, you know, four overtimes is, is a, almost a full uh, extra game, so uh, or full extra half. So, I'm sure those boys uh, today uh, in or Sunday and Monday uh, today and, and uh, yesterday were were in the ice bath. Coaches interview series with. SAGU head coach Delton Deal. We are here with SAGU head coach Delton Deal. Uh, coach, uh, you know, I know that uh, you guys are off to a 3 0 start this year, um, but just tradition wise, program wise, um, over the last few years, you guys have been very, very good um, out, of the, out of the Sooner Athletic Conference, uh, making trips to Kansas City and uh, even going to make a couple runs in Kansas City. Um, again, now you guys are turning around and, uh, are, uh, have a lot of new faces, uh, this year. Do you want to, you maybe start off talking about some of the new faces you guys have coming in? Yeah, sure. We have, yeah, it's a little bit of a different group because, you know, we graduated a lot of seniors over the last year. Really, we, we've had a few core guys the last two or three years, but we've really changed our, um, the roster has actually turned over a little more than I think people realize over the last three years. But, um, this group this year is, is a little bit different and, um, you know, it's kind of like a fresh start. And whenever, you know, going into this season, I kind of, you know, wanted to reestablish. I'm pretty I'm a pretty macro thinker guy. That's kind of how I, I like to run the program. So um, I don't I didn't want to just quick fix everything and just try to get all these guys to just have one good year. But I wanted to really lay a foundation of people that fit who we are. And, you know, at our school, we're very Christian school. And, um, you know, it's really important to me and to our institution. So I wanted to get guys that really fit there. And then, um, you know, we'll come in and play hard and just kind of reestablish who we are because, um, you know, when you have a lot of the same guys, it kind of, you know, just starts to, you know, just become second nature. But I wanted to make sure we were focused on that. So, yeah, we have a lot of new faces. It's, uh, a, you know, I think it's going to be a share the wealth type team and play together. And, you know, if we play hard and play together, I think we can do some good things. But um, it's not really going to be about one or two guys like it has the last few years. But um you know, with our new with our new players, you know, we got uh, we got returners. Tyler Kinghorn, who hurt his knee at the end of last year, is a really good um, interior player for us. 
um, Keenan Gooden, who was a, like a super sub. He came in at the mid semester last year um, and he's back and, um, you know, he's a really athletic and good point guard passer player. And then we have uh, Noah Bowling, who was a returner, who's been a, actually a three year starter. And he's got a, a cool story because, you know, he came in as a walk on and kind of beat out two D1 transfers we had in the preseason and has started for three years for us. Um, ultimate winner, plays super hard. Um, those type of guys you need on your team. And his older brother, Isaiah, played for us last year and left. And now this year we have their a freshman, a younger brother, J.J. Bowling, who is a um, pr pretty special player. I think he's going to end up being pretty pretty good for us. And their cousin came as well. So we got a whole bunch of Bowlings on our roster this year. Um, family affair. We brought in Brooks Haddock, who had was an All-American at Oklahoma Wesleyan two years ago, went to Emporia. Uh, we had talked to him last summer a little bit about coming and – he decided to go to Emporia and um, after last year decided to come back. So he's been a, a real good addition to us as well as, uh, you know, big man Philbert Weeks that we got. Actually, we found him at a, you know, kind of randomly at a D3 school up in New York. And he's been a pleasant surprise. He's a great kid, um, great rebounder, huge body, um, you know, does things right. He's really coachable. And then we've got a whole plethora of other guys. I could talk about our whole roster because, you know, it's a it's kind of an interchangeable group. And um, we got another point guard that's back from last year, too, who's also a good piece of what we do. But, you know, we're really just about playing together and trying to play strong and play hard and, um, you know, come at you in waves and defend. And you know, if we do those things, I think you have a chance to succeed. You've talked about, uh, you know, the bowling family and, and kind of, uh, you know, obviously you have, you have uh, a ton on the roster, a ton you've, you've coached in the past. Um, I believe it was JJ that uh, is coming off a, a pretty big game here um, as a freshman here uh, and then your last outing. Um, so you guys got a lot of people familiar with your program. You talked about how important that was um, to you guys just uh, with the with the uh, tradition you guys have and, and carrying that on. Um, you know, coming in um, and before we kind of get into league play a little bit, mm -hmm. um, you guys are three and zero right now, um, and, and you're going to turn around and play on Monday. Um, so I don't mm -hmm. want to overlook that game at all. But uh, then turn around on Thursday and play twelfth ranked LSU Shreveport on the road. Yeah. Um, someone who. Uh, you know, beat you guys uh, last year in December. And uh, can you just talk about maybe not just that, that matchup particular, but uh, that's obviously part of it, but uh, kind of also just why a game like that can help you as you guys enter into Sooner Athletic Conference. Play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, you're, you're really trying to figure each other out. We all are. Just like you said, it's a lot of new faces for us, for them, for each other. Um, yeah. Bringing people in that were familiar with the program kind of helped stem that tide a little bit. So JJ had been coming to our games for a long time. We also have another super freshman, Dallas Smith. His brother's actually my, one of my assistants. So he's been coming around forever too. He played for me and, you know, his brother played for me and has been assistant for me. So he's been around the program too. So they get to walk right in and, um, you know, kind of our know what our expectations are and know what we expect. And, you know, honestly, they're already they've pretty much been on the team for a long time. So it doesn't even feel like they're new. Um, that's been great. But, yeah, we're going into, you know, we started three and oh, um, played played pretty well this weekend, uh, had a, a, you know, ugly beginning of the year dogfight with Our Lady of the Lake on Friday it was not a pretty game. If you watch it, it wasn't. Um, you know, greatly played, but, you know, very competitive, went down to the wire. We hit some really big shots and actually the two freshmen, you know, kind of led the charge and uh, Noah led the charge down the stretch, you know, to get us that victory, which was awesome. And then Our Lady of the Lake turns around and has a quadruple overtime thriller last night with Texas Wesleyan yeah. as well. So um, they play really hard. We're really well coached. And then so going into Saturday, you know, we were able to look at some things and, you know, talk about the structure and actually playing the right way. 
And, uh, you know, we, they really listened to us yesterday, and we did a, We played a, a pretty good game yesterday. So, yeah, going into this week, we're playing LSU Streetport. Uh, we played Dallas Christian on Monday, which they're actually very good this year too, so that'll be a, a good challenge. And then uh, good to go play uh, Coach Blankenship over at LSU Streetport, who's a buddy's a buddy of mine, and he does a great job. They're perennial power, um, super talented always, very, very tough. Um, it's going to be – you know, a great challenge for us and an actual chance to play against high level before we get into our conference, which is just, you know, going to be a war every single day. And um, so I think that, you know, not only playing them, but playing them on the road will be a real big learning experience for us. We'll get a chance to see what we are about on the road and what we need to do to become better so we can actually compete at a high level towards the end of the year. And yeah, Coach, I'm always interested in, in, you know, if you could dive a little deeper, you play four games in a week, like you were mm -hmm. just saying, and then you go, and you play basically later in the season, three games in a week, kind of mm -hmm. all within this month. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the guys are watching games. Guys have been watching your games for a while. There's a difference between watching and playing in the game. No right? doubt. What's, oh. what's been the message to these young guys, you know, going into these games where we're early in the season, you haven't gotten the league play yet. It's just like, hey, let's figure this out. Hey, just go out and play your game. What kind of, what are those conversations like as you prepare? Well, I'm, I'm really big. I really honestly believe this is a big part of my whole coaching philosophy. I think that if we can get you to play free of mind, that you always you'll play to your peak performance closer than you will whenever you're thinking too much or doing all these things or worried about a thousand things. So one of the big uh, you know staples in our program is just to um, what can we do to tap into the fact where you're not stressing about your minutes or stressing about success or stressing about all these little things that you got going on, but you're just going out there and playing this game you've been playing since you were a little kid. So we don't really look at each, you know, situation. I'm not going into each game and saying in this game, we're going to learn this. And in this game, we're going to learn that. It's really just about, you know, what are the things that you can release or what are the things you can tap into that are going to help you get to peak performance for you? And if you do those things, then I feel like everything else will take care of itself. So, um, you know, being a Christian school, we, you know, we, we always say, God, I don't believe God chooses who wins and loses basketball games, but I do believe that he can help you be the best version of you. So we're really focused internally on each of them trying to be the best version of themselves. And then if something goes wrong, you know, we can reach back into film or talk to them about why they're not playing and things like that. But it's coming from a different angle of, you know, yeah. this is where your values coming from is from you doing these specific things. It's not that just be the best version of you and everything else will take care of itself. You've talked about it, your, your program and just kind of, uh, you know, your philosophy a little bit. And, and obviously, you know, 232 career wins before this year um, and then, you know, six conference titles, um, you know, jumping into and, and that's on top of you know, nine appearances that you've had at the NAI National Tournament, uh, Fab Four and two Sweet Sixteens here. But, uh, um, you know, you have that experience and, and you're, you're with your uh, six conference titles. You're, you're coming into a SAC Student Athletic Conference uh, schedule here soon that, uh, you know, it's an interesting league this year just because there's so many new faces. But those new faces, I think, you know, as we did our, our uh, preseason magazine and everything, uh, you know, you, you circle the Sooner, obviously, always because of how good it is. Um, but the Sooner lost a lot this year, and it seems like the, the new faces that are coming in, there's a lot of good good uh, players coming back, but there's it seems like a lot of the heavy hitters uh, that are replacing with new faces are, are big-time Division One transfers as well. Can you just talk yep. about maybe how good the league really is? And uh, for those mm -hmm. that don't know that are listening to the podcast, um, you, you know, your experience uh, winning titles and what it takes to win a title. Right, yeah. No, the league is – 
the league is very challenging and it doesn't even start with the players. It actually starts with the coaches. Um, I think the league is, is full of a lot of very, very high level coaches. If you look at um, our program histories, you know, throughout our whole conference, you've got, you know, Mac, you won a national championship. What? six years ago. Tex Wesley has two national championships in the last 10 or 12 years. USAO has been to elite eights, all the same coaches. You know, we went to a final four and, um, you know, you've got all the, all these guys that have done all these great things over the past. So they know what it takes to win. And it's not just about, and now you're adding Chris right into the mix who just was in the title game last yeah. year. Clint Gallion, who's actually, you know, was an assistant for Chris, who's a, a great up and coming young coach. Um, he's doing a wonderful job over there. Uh, coach Barakoff at Oklahoma City, who was an NCCAA legend, really won back to back to back national championships at in the NCCAA level. And, um, you know, he's a great coach, too. And you've got all these guys that can just really coach their team. And then, yeah, you look at the rosters and, um, you know, a lot of transfers and a lot of Division One transfers and a ton of ton of talent. Um, and not only that, but you have guys that know how to make that work. So, you know, here at Sagu, you know, I think there's a few of our schools in our league that operate a little bit differently and then a, a couple that are extremely transfer heavy. And I think we all try to get somebody that's going to transfer in and help. But, you know, like I said, our, you know, our school is being a Christian school and being faith based. And, you know, we have a lot of things that we uh, kind of hold our kids to. We try to look for kids that uh, match who we are and, and can really fit into what we do, because I think, you know, when you have you know, we have chapel at our school um, three days a week and you have curfews and you can't drink and you're not doing any of that stuff at our school. So we got to get people that can operate in our environment at a high level as well as, you know, be a good basketball player. So I, I think it's twofold. And um, but the league just the, I mean, the brutal, the brutality of it every single night, you really don't have any days off. Langston was the only team that really wasn't wasn't great last year and they just got a ringer. So, you know, that's about to be um, a whole different challenge this year than I think it even has been in the past. And but we're excited about it because you know I think you know iron sharpens iron. Yeah, and, and that's you, you talked about it. It's just uh, you know I, I think that uh, even with all the great coaches uh, in, in the student athletic conference, um, you know there there are similar styles of play and similar styles of philosophies of of recruiting and things like that. But you know it's it's another league that it's it's different across the board as well. You know, what are you looking forward to with this group the most moving forward? And, and what's it going to mean or what, what's it going to take for, for this group here that you have? Um, I know it's early in the season. What's going to take for them to compete for a SAC title? Yeah, the, I mean, honestly, we're we're built to only win one way, and the only way we're going to really win is is if we stay together, play together, play unselfishly. Um, like I said, it's not going to be about one or two guys. It's just going to be about collectively. You know how we defend collectively. Do we pass the ball? We can really shoot the ball. We do pass the ball really well. Um, we've done a great job of playing as a group. Um, high assist team. We got to cut down our turnovers. They're a little ridiculous right now, but you know we've I've done a good done a good job um, sharing the ball and really playing together. And I think if we do that, you know I'm a I've done, I, you know, I've been coaching long enough now. I've been in the NAI long enough now to know that there's a certain way that you can play that can make you successful. You know, any, any, no matter what you have or who you have or what kind of, you know, uh, a team you've really built it's just it's if you can play a certain way and you can do things right and you can uh you know perform with these little details then you can be right there competitive at the top of our conference and you know i think that we can do it but um it's definitely going to be a challenge it's a it's a, it's a new group and it's going to uh, you know take a little bit of growth from them and obviously with the increased competition that's not going to be easy but we're looking forward to it and our kids are very coachable and they're listening and as long as we keep improving then it's going to be a success for me yeah, coach. Uh, you know, you, you said it, your coach, your kids are very coachable, and the the kids that are being coached are, are very well coached. Um, we are again uh, with with Coach Delton Deal, uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God University, uh, SAGU. If you uh, 
you see us uh, typing it, we don't always type it out. It's S-A-G-U. <laughs> and so sometimes when, we, when we're writing articles and things like that. But uh, crazy, crazy story is we may ha- we may be we may be having a name change in the work. So we'll see. Oh, but it seems like you heard it first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we just do what we do on the Road to Muni podcast and we uh, tease <laughs> out uh, future uh, stuff here. So uh, but no, uh, coach, it's uh, great having you on. Um, you know, we uh, we really appreciate you. I know we've had you on before a, a couple years ago, and it's good to have you back on the program this year. Uh, wishing you the best of luck. Again, that's Coach Delton Deal, uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God. Uh, at, on Twitter, it's at Coach Deal 10. Uh, make sure you give him a follow. He's uh, one of the best in the NEI. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, and wish you the best of luck this year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do for us. You've really elevated the NAI, elevated us. As somebody that's coached in both Division One and Division Two, and everybody coming together, it's awesome to see all this um you know everything that you do for us so we're thankful for you guys and um let us know if there's any way we can help grow your brand as well the stock riser report um our stock riser is just a a look back at uh, at the week and maybe the last couple weeks and uh, whether they be teams or, or leagues or uh, or even players that uh, we've just watched over the last uh, week and week or two that uh, their stock is rising right now and, and trending upwards. So, Pat, why don't you get started started uh, with your first one here? Yeah, I'll start with a team that made it actually to the Fab Four a couple of years ago and then kind of was a little down last year. Bethel out of Indiana really had a couple of good wins, one over Holy Cross and then against IUSB, and, and not just kind of nail biting wins. Really kind of lay it on the thick wins. They've had some some good transfers come in. Drew Lutz, who initially committed to Bethel out of high school, ended up going D1 and now is back at Bethel. Um, he's just a great, great point guard for them. They've got, you know, Coach Draven, is in, I think it's his third year there. Um, really kind of now his system in place, his guys in place. Um, I think you'll see Bethel get back to form after losing Cruz, you know, and last year was a little bit of a down year. They're, they are – I think back with a vengeance this year in the Crossroads League and beyond. Yeah, I like that one. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna start with a player with my first one, and I, and I teased it out a little bit on on Twitter, but uh, um, unfortunately they didn't translate to wins. But and I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. But uh, um, Avery Jackson, a freshman out of Oklahoma City, um, you know his first game uh, was against uh, the Masters the other day. They he didn't get to play their first couple uh, games and exhibitions, but uh, they got to play. He got to play against the Masters for the first time and. Uh, over the weekend against probably three tournament teams, maybe with Masters, but against the uh, number one Arizona Christian and, and then against uh, Ottawa University in, in Arizona. Uh, he's averaging 19.3 points per game and six rebounds, uh, including going uh, for 32 points and nine rebounds on, on Ottawa, Arizona. So um, just a kid that <laughs> through three games of his career, um, man, he, he uh, he's definitely a freshman that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And, and I said that they, they didn't result in wins. Um, obviously, those were three very, very good games, uh, very good teams they played. This Oklahoma City team's going to be team watch. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or, or when, but they start two freshmen, um, and I thought they gave uh, three very good teams that could, we could see in the NAI tournament uh, all they could handle, and they stuck with Arizona Christian for a while. That score is a little bit misleading. They, they stuck with them for about uh, 25, 30 minutes of that game, and then uh, Arizona Christian just does what they do and, and went on their run and, and uh, put them away, but uh, – um, certainly uh, a team to watch in the future, too. But Avery Jackson, the freshman from Oklahoma City, is my, my first pick. I'll see your bucket getter, and I'll raise you a bucket getter. 32, 46, and 35. Individual points per game. Raekwon Elliott from Oklahoma Panhandle State. 
is averaging 37.7 points a game. His, his team is 0-3, but any, any person that's averaging almost 40 points a game deserves to be on the stock risers list, right? Not sure it's sustainable for an entire season, but at this point in the season, it's truly incredible. So, Raekwon Elliott, although you know, Oklahoma Panhandle State's 0-3, he certainly is doing everything he can to fill it up. So, going to keep an eye on it, going to see if he can maintain it for a few more weeks, but certainly is on an absolute tear to start the season. Yeah, I talked to Coach Laird uh, from OPSU uh, a little bit the last week, and uh, yeah, that's a good call. Kick, kick and play, kick and put it in the basket. That's for sure. So, um, I'm gonna actually shout out a team, uh, go to a team for my number one or my number two slot uh, here, but uh, uh, Rochester out of whack, um, a, a team that's been at the top of the whack for for a couple of years, and um, you know, I think with uh, a little bit with Indiana Tech returning everybody, and then even uh, with Medi and and Spite uh, now back at at, uh, uh, at Madonna, I think that. You know, Rochester kind of is, is uh, at a point where they brought a new, lot of new faces in, but uh, a team that uh, played Oakland, Division One Oakland to a two-point game, I mean, they, they were leading uh, that game, I believe, with 51 seconds to go. Um, and then, again, Oakland, Oakland got a layup uh, there with two seconds to go, and then they missed a three. Uh, Rochester missed a three to win that game. Um, but it wasn't just that game. You know, then they turn around, uh, and uh, after losing a, a very good St. Francis-Indiana team, uh, you know, they, they turn around and beat um, – MVNU, who's a who's a uh, Mount Vernon Ezra, who's a uh, was a tournament team last year. So, um, you, you know, they're sitting at three and one this year, and and uh, I, I think that they have some some very quality wins already. And uh, even that loss uh, to St. Francis isn't a bad loss. So, uh, teams are to kind of watch. They actually start a, a freshman as well, and, and uh, have a couple of freshmen playing for some good minutes for them. And um, it'll be an interesting team to watch, but definitely a stock rising team right now. My next one's going to be a little more broad, and he did a great job of highlighting these guys, not only on Twitter, but on the website, is just first-year coaches, right? There were so many guys that got their first career win over the weekend or, or last week, and just exciting to see. We talk so often about players on this podcast and probably don't talk enough about coaches. And, and coaching, it obviously goes without saying, is, is so invaluable and important and probably honestly not talked enough, talked about enough. Um I just think the game plan that goes in, we talked earlier about the quick turnaround between games and, and keeping guys ready and keeping guys prepared. And we talk about the freshman. Who's going to be the next freshman to, to terrorize the NAI for four years? Well, who's going to be that next coach to, to take a program that's maybe been a little bit down over the last few years and, and build it back up and build it into something and, and turn it into a national tighter contender or, or even first maybe a conference tournament contender and take those necessary steps. So, Really exciting to see guys kind of start their careers, you know, get their careers off on the right on the right foot here early in the season. We had so many of them, Pat, that uh, I know we forgot a couple, and and I I think it's awesome. It's a great shout out, great call by you. I, I do apologize if we did miss anybody. Um, it, that they were literally just coming off the block. Uh, yeah. uh, that, that's how many uh, of the new coaches got their first wins, uh, not just this weekend, but last weekend as well. So congratulations to everybody. It's awesome. I know that uh, those are big games that, that none of you will forget. So uh, congratulations to everybody getting their first win, who got their first win, both on the men's and women's side, because I know there's quite a few on the women's side too. But uh, um, I'm actually going to move to another team here, Pat, that uh, about a lot last year. Um, and, and they're losing their top three pieces, including the, the River State's Conference Player of the Year, Deshaun Hampton. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, maybe outside the, the River States Conference, because I know they were still a top two team, uh, picked to finish in the top two in the River States. Um, but I think a lot of team, people thought maybe uh, Kokomo would be down. But 
I'm going to give a, a shout out and a stock rising uh, report uh, to, to the Cougars of Kokomo. I mean, I think that they've, uh, they came out to three and right now. Uh, we got got a win at governor state. Um, and then they would turn around and beat great lakes Christian, uh, pretty good. And then, uh, you know, and I know IU Northwest, uh, isn't, uh, you know, they, they're a tournament team last year too, and they haven't had a great start to the year. Uh, but, but again, Kokomo went out and they knocked off, uh, IU Northwest, uh, this past week too. And just a, uh, a great team that, uh, or just a team that plays very, very well together. Um, Eric Eschelberger, um, is a great coach. I think he's one of the, you know, he's a, he's a kind of a younger guy, but, uh, I want to say, you know, he's one, not one of the, probably the youngest coaches in the, in the country, but, uh, definitely a younger guy in, in perspective still. And, and I think he's one of the, the better coaches, uh, throughout the NEI and, um, you know, just to be able to, to lose the amount of players they lost last year from their from their uh, uh, three sixteen run last year, it's just cool to watch them uh, after losing a lot of people. And shout out to Traquan Spivey. You know, I know that uh, he, he was one of those guys that, that got lost uh, that they lost last year, and he's now the elite assistant there. Uh, I just think it, I, I really enjoy watching uh, Traquan uh, play the last few years, and um, I know that he the impact he probably has just from being a leader on the team last year to now being an uh, assistant coach. Um, I, I think that's probably – maybe we can get uh, Coach Usher-Burger on uh, uh, here soon. But, uh, you know, Traquan Spivey, it's good to see him sticking around and, and uh, being around the NEI still. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about kind of IU Kokomo last year and how excited I am for a team like IU Kokomo to just come on strong second semester, right? They kind of were quiet, 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 and then all of a sudden got super hot at the right time. And then you kind of look at their roster, and it's like, oh, these guys are really old. These guys have played a ton of minutes. This makes perfect sense that this team should be, you know, contending for a conference championship and beyond. So excited! I'm I'm excited to see who that team is going to be uh, this year as we move through the season. But I will go. My next two I had on here, we've already hit on a little bit, was Oklahoma Wesleyan. I think we hit on them last week, but their stock continues to grow. I do have, if there's one concern about that team, is a little bit about their depth. They don't play a ton of guys already early in the season. And kind of at this point, you're hoping to see that rotation be a little bit wider. You like to see that rotation cut down later in the season, but not a ton of depth on that team, but excited to see, you know, Jay and Lutsky again, just as an absolute monster. And then Thomas Moore, like we said earlier, probably hasn't been talked about enough on this podcast. They go on the road, take down Wesley and, and just, you know, they are, are every bit as a national championship contender as you're going to find so yeah two two good teams there that I, I think will continue to grow and my last one is if you look at a kind of a line graph of this guy's stock I think it would just be a vertical line straight up it's time for your your weekly Riley Minix uh, update who is now averaging 28 and 17 on the year so um, I, I might you know get the bandwagon fired up for Riley Minix player of the year um, he is just on an absolute tear, and it should be expected, right? This is a guy that's been really, really good for a really long time. So he is just absolutely playing out of his mind at this point in the season. Yeah, I love that call too. He's uh, he's so fun to watch. Uh, um, you know, I, I all in mind with a player too, and and a guy that's uh, put up pretty good stat line too, um, and then helped his team to three to one. We mentioned uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene earlier, but Kyle Kegley who. Uh, um, all American who's, uh, you know, put up 30 points in game one. He's, he put up 28 in game two. Uh, and then this weekend he went up, uh, for 17 and 16 and, uh, almost all of them, I believe were double doubles. Yeah. Every one of them's double doubles. He's averaging 22.8 points per game and 13.8 rebounds per game. So, um, just a guy that, uh, you know, 
you talk about the the uh, Crossroads League a lot, obviously, but uh, I'm just one of those other players in the Crossroads League that uh, already off to a big time start, but uh, a really nice player who's. Uh, uh, stock is, you know, it's hard to say an All-American stock's rising, but just a good guy that's starting off the year, uh, true to form and and uh, getting put on, on maps and, and uh, you know, a guy that I could definitely see, uh, um, you know, depending on kind of how Mountain Vernon Nazarene's uh, season goes, but a kid that can maybe move up from honorable mention to, to even a third or second team All-American, he's that good. So Some of these guys are just putting up crazy numbers. It's so awesome. It's, it's absolutely insane. And the rebounding numbers are even more impressive because, like, scoring – not to say scoring isn't as easy, but rebounding is just a whole different beast, right? You got to go and get it. You got to go and, get it. you know, stop the ball, get the ball. It's just, it is incredible to see some of these rebounding numbers across the country. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really insane. I mean, you're, you're looking at the, just the leaders in general. Okay. And, and yeah. you got to expect these, these will come down. We know that, but, uh, uh, you know, especially, especially the strength of schedule and conference play comes in and, and, and ultimately we haven't talked about it yet, but scatter reports, you know, scatter reports are going right. to too, but, but you talk about the top five rebounders in the league or in the country right now. Uh, you talk about Riley Munich, he's, he's at six, averaging 16.7. Uh, you know, you got uh, Taylor Multnoma that uh, is averaging 14 points a game. Uh, Tyrese, Tyrese Taylor. Uh, you're talking about Kyle Kegley, who's averaging 13.8 points per game. You know, a Kansas Wesleyan squad that I talked about, Alex Littlejohn, uh, is averaging 13 points per game. And then uh, Washington Adventus, who was a tournament team last year, too. Um, you know, you got uh, uh, Darius Huff, who's averaging uh, 13 point, or thirteen rebounds a game as well. So uh, when your top five uh, rebounders in the country are all above 13 uh, rebounds a game, uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. So uh, it'll thin out. We'll see, uh, you know, how that goes as the competition uh, for some of these teams get better. But uh, uh, certainly, uh, certainly a fun, fun, re- which, which probably means that there's a lot of missed shots out there, but. You know, yeah, also, uh, fun to watch just because there's a lot of guys uh, just attacking the glass with with ferociousness. It's it's fun to watch, but that uh, gets us turned into the next week already. As as uh, as we turn the corner, turn the page, uh, um, and, and again we started off the podcast with uh, talking about uh, we could say it every week, but uh, uh, it really is true. I mean, there's so many good games uh, again in this week and. Um, you know, I'm, I'll start this off uh, here. I, and I want to shout out to, to our friend, uh, Billy D, who's uh, uh, going to be following uh, Oregon Tech out to, uh, for, the, for the Crossroads uh, League uh, Cascade uh, Challenge. Um, a lot of good games out there, and, and I know he was a big part of putting that together. So uh, if you get a chance to watch this weekend, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as far as Tuesday. And uh, uh, speaking of Oregon Tech, uh, we're, we're going to see them travel, number 22, Oregon Tech, traveling to uh, number five, Indiana Wesleyan, uh, to Lucky Arena. We just saw Thomas Moore uh, get a win there. Um, I don't know what the, the stat line is. I, I'm sure somebody has it, uh, probably from Indiana Wesleyan, uh, Pat. But uh, I would, I'd be very interested in seeing what the next game after a loss at Lucky. What oh, Indiana man. Because <laughs> I, I, know, I know for a while, I know a couple of their losses, uh, back-to-back years, I believe they turned around and, and – uh, won pretty favorably over some teams. And uh, um, Oregon Tech, obviously, coming off a, a top five or top six win They're themselves, knocking off uh, number six, uh, William Jessup. But uh, that's going to be a fun one, uh, fun one on Tuesday night. Uh, again, that's going to be about 6 p.m. Central time. Um, but, yeah, it, we, Oregon Tech's entire Indiana trip is going to be fun. But uh, they get things started on Tuesday, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and you might as well just finish off the week with them too, right? Grayson Bethel for the rest of the week for them. So um, no rest for the weary, right? But a good trip. 
I think it's going to be really interesting. You'll see it's almost like in college football, you know, where it's like two different conferences play two different styles. It'll be interesting to see how those those differences play out, right? So just it'll be a great showcase for the NAI in general to see one side of the country go to the other and kind of meet up. And, yeah, Oregon Tech, big win against Jessup. And then Jessup plays Southern Oregon this week too, right, which I think could be another really big game uh, yeah, they just played, out they, west. Uh, they just went to overtime on Saturday night. So yeah. I know, and then they play again. And then later in the week, Marion plays Shawnee State. So Marion, of course, um, they probably deserve to be on the stock risers. And Shawnee State, you know, has historically been pretty good as well. So excited to see those two teams uh, go at it. It's funny, funny you mentioned Marion because uh, I actually love their Friday matchup. Uh, it, it's going to be, you know, Marion, Marion's come out of the gates, and, and you mentioned it. They could be a stock riser because – as good as we thought they were going to be, I think they're even better than what I thought they were going to be. I mean, they're, I thought they were a top 15, you know, top 15-ish type team. Uh, and I think they, they've played about every bit as a top 10 team this far, so far this year. And uh, there's going to be a Crossroads League Mid-South Challenge. And I know you mentioned that with Shawnee State. Uh, but on Friday, they're going to play Cumberland, uh, number number 19, I believe, in the, in the country. And uh, so we got a top 25 showdown on, on a Friday. Uh, and it's going to be actually an earlier afternoon game. It's going to be 1 p.m. Uh, so I'm thankful that, uh, I get to work from home on Fridays. So, uh, <laughs> I will definitely have TV on for that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that game. Uh, like I said, great games up and down the, the, the slate here, but, uh, even looking at some of the conference games, I know that the whack gets started, uh, this week as, as well. And, uh, you know, it'll be, be interesting seeing some of those matches as well. So, yeah. Cause even Huntington. Like, they are, you know, a team we've talked about a little bit on this podcast is a team that can make a little bit of noise, made a little bit of noise at the end of last year. They play William Jessup and Southern Oregon later in the week, so going to learn a lot about that team as well. Um, so, and then I had one more, um, Mid-American versus Science and Arts. Mid-American is a team we talked about a little bit before. Science and Arts, of course, uh, is a, a dominant force, so excited to see that matchup too. Yeah, and, and I was going to end the week uh, with a whack matchup. Uh, you know, probably the two favorites to to win. I, you know, I know I mentioned Rochester as a uh, as a uh, stock riser, but uh, heading into the year, uh, number twenty five Indiana Tech. Um, it, things life in the, life in the whack doesn't uh, start off easy for them at all. As they're going to travel to Madonna uh, to start the year, and Madonna was picked to finish second with Mark Meddy, and then you're going to have uh, Sp- Henry Spite back uh, who. who entire last year with injury uh you know i i was i was watching them earlier because i wanted to see how those two played together and i'm telling you right now pat that those two are going to fit fine on the floor together <laughs> um i'm interested anytime you get into conference play it's it's a lot of fun but uh when you start off a uh, conference play and you get a, a start off conference play in the whack and uh, uh opening week you get a you get a the top two teams playing each other uh i think that's uh, must watch basketball yeah, absolutely. We're off and running now, right? We said that a couple of weeks ago, but it's really, really full swing here. You know, it's it's uh, always a pre- pleasure having a coach on. So, we, again, I just want to uh, thank Coach Delton Deal uh, of SAGU coming on. They they have a big matchup, but we didn't talk about it uh, outside the interview. But uh, big matchup with uh, number 12, uh, LSU Shreveport, coming up this week. Uh, but appreciate Coach coming on and, and talking about his team a little bit. Uh, but until next week, uh, it is Pat and Junior's.